0: Chapter 9, Something Old, Something New, Something Borrowed, Someone Blue. It's the day of Jennifer's big wedding, and as always, she's missing something. She's known to lose things like her toothbrush or her phone, or that one time her ring flew out and landed on some guy's stomach during sex. She pretended it was a hair tie and promptly tried to make a ponytail with it. The night before, while shoving a zoodle tuna hand roll into her mouth, she begged me to come early to the wedding and to get ready with her. She may be a hot mess, but she's a good friend. So, as an honorary bridesmaid, I oblige. Ryan's agreed to meet me later before the ceremony. I get to her hotel suite and I'm greeted by Jennifer at peak crazy. Her hair and makeup people are here already, looking annoyed, waiting on her as she looks frantically around for this and that brushes, hairsprays, and makeup is spread across a huge table and on the floor as if a toddler dumped it out and ran their hands through it. I say a little prayer, thanking God that she didn't ask me to do her makeup, as I definitely would not have. I don't do friends' makeup. It never goes well. I'd love to say it's this sweet, bonding moment between friends, but it's anything but. Everyone is different when there's a surface involved, and not everyone is nice about it. I've ended friendships over this before. With brides who are friends, everything is great until their big day. Almost at the moment I unload my makeup case, they see me as just another hired hand for their wedding. No matter what they ask for or how many pictures they show me, nothing I do is ever perfect enough. Because women have beauty brain, which means they can't see themselves clearly. Something exists on their face that isn't there. An eyebrow is different from the other. They want to try out red lips today, even though they've only ever worn sheer pink gloss their entire life. And once they see that they can't wear a red lip, they blame you. Then, once their makeup is finally finished, they sit there wondering why they don't look like the picture they've shown you. I'm then promptly ushered out of the room without so much as a goodbye or a thank you. It's not a good time, so I don't do it. Jennifer offers me some champagne and points to it chilling in an ice bucket nearby. I pour myself a very tall glass and begin drinking. It's going to be a long night, and this is how I intend to start it. I feel my phone vibrate in my purse and pull it out to see a text from Ezra. Hey there, honey. A warm feeling comes over me. I breathe out a deep sigh and take a sip of my champagne, feeling the bubbles float into my stomach. I text him back. Hi, hun. It's him playing to a huge crowd with a pretty young country singer. I think I remember him saying he had a hit with her a few years ago. I text back. Is this the girl you wrote for? The dots that show him typing appear, and then quickly disappear. Just as quickly. Yes, he texts. The dots come back. Did you see the crowd? It was so amazing playing to them, he asks. Jennifer pops up from the ground, holding some kind of undergarment in hand. Found it! Her spanx, Of course. The hair and makeup people look up from their phones like ferrets. Found spanx is their cue to get back to work. Jennifer sits down, and the team starts in on her hair and makeup. Blow dryers scream, and foundation is stippled all over her face. I hand her a glass of champagne. She shooes it away and picks up her green juice. She takes a long sip. "'I have to be radiant today. No alcohol until the end of the ceremony,' she beams at me. "'I'm so happy you're here!' She reaches out to give me an air hug. I reach my arms out to her to reciprocate. She puts her hand on her heart dramatically." You know what I've learned? I shake my head now. I've learned that men are great, but when it comes down to it, there can only be one star of the relationship. And I have never been the star. I have always been the arm candy, the side thing, and they were the star. They just loved what I looked like and how I made them look. So they'd stick some jewelry on me and feel even more powerful because of it. But I finally get it now. I'm the catch. I'm the star of this relationship, and Greg loves me for it. I think he just likes doting on me, really. She takes another sip of her green juice. And I don't care if I wear the pants, or if I'm the more masculine one in the relationship. It fucking works, you know? He's in the dirt building houses. I mean, the guy is anything but feminine. But with me, he's gentle and loving and sweet. I don't know. Maybe I'm hungover. Or maybe I'm incredibly clear-headed today. But all I know is that you've got to be the star. I take a long sip of my champagne, calculating everything she's just said. Did you see that crowd? It's the only thing I can think of as I feel a sharp, guttural reaction to Ezra's text. Maybe she doesn't mean you literally have to be the star. I meet Ryan at the ceremony, and we make our way to our seats on the bride's side of the aisle. The scene is much like last night in appearance, only in the daylight now. Some of Jennifer's family is biased. They look sweet and unassuming. There are a few small kids playing with some rose petals on the ground. Suddenly, I hear something. I look behind me, and an older woman, probably someone's grandmother, reaches her arm out to tap my shoulder. I look around at her, and she smiles her hundred-year-old smile and says, I just wanted to tell you you look very pretty in that dress. I blush, flattered by her compliment. I thank her, smile, and turn to face the altar. She reaches her frail arm back out again and taps me. You know, I have a quote. I look around, hoping that this isn't about to turn from sweet old lady to sweet senile old lady who keeps interrupting the ceremony to tell me she likes my dress. I look at her hoping for the best. You do? She sits up excited that she has my attention again. Love is not forever. Forever is a lie. Love is only a glance between hello and goodbye. I laugh. <laughs> Don't tell the bride that. Oh, she knows. I'm her great aunt. I always tell her the truth, she says, smirking. I smile, amused by Jennifer's very quirky great aunt. Do you have someone who tells you the truth? She asks me in an older, scratchy voice that she's probably asked many a good question with in her lifetime. I think so, I say, wondering if that's true. Good, she says, nodding. What about a fella? She asks as if we're teenagers again. Obviously, girl talk transcends age. I think about what she's asked me. Do I have a fella? I decide to take a risk and say yes. Maybe saying yes will make me believe it more. Does he treat you right? I think so. I say, laughing a little bit. She looks at me concerned and then laughs. Eh, no relationship is perfect. The more you love someone, the more you can hate them. I laugh at this, not sure what to think. She waves three curled, wrinkled fingers at me. I was married three times. I loved each and every one of my husbands at different times in my life. But I never let marriage change who I was. Don't ever let a relationship make you think you should become someone you're not. You will go into it one person and come out a different one. I'm starting to believe this wise old sage may have been planted here by Jennifer. I also may have had one too many glasses of champagne before and am hallucinating the whole thing. I look over at Ryan, who's trying desperately to contain his laughter. Thank you. I pause and wait for her to give me her name. Sylvia, she says happily. Thank you, Sylvia. I will keep that in mind. The wedding music starts to play. It's an acoustic version of an electronic song mixed with some soft beats. Only Jennifer would pick something so untraditional. No bridesmaids, no grooms, no flower girl. I look back at Sylvia again as she sits peacefully next to her family. I whisper to her, It was lovely talking with you. Thank you for your words of wisdom. I won't forget them. You're welcome, dear. She smiles. Will I see you at the reception? I ask. With bells on! she says, snapping her fingers in the air like a dancer. Ryan leans in. That was amazing. The wedding was just what I expected from Jennifer. Short, sweet, and to the point. No dilly-dally, no mushy love stuff, from her at least. Her groom was all weepy. And to top it off, it had a dramatic lean-over kiss at the end in true Hollywood fashion. The reception is just as beautiful with no spared expense. Jennifer's glowing, floating around, thanking all of her guests with her new husband. It's truly magical and much deserved. Ryan and I are fueled by champagne and partake in the endless array of wedding dances. The chicken, the electric slide, which is called something else now, but god if I know what it is. Some electric daisy carnival rave stuff and finally a slow dance where Ryan and I hold each other like middle schoolers. We're sweaty and gross and have barely eaten anything most of the night call it sweating off tension or just an excuse to have a good time, doesn't really matter. This is what Ryan and I do best, party. We giggle and lean out even further from each other as kids do as we dance to the slow song. Suddenly, he pulls me in quickly and puts his arm around my waist. He clasps my other hand to his, and suddenly, we're adults again, slow dancing. His hip leans in tightly to mine, and we dance to It Must Have Been Love by the 80s band Roxette. All I can think about is how it was in Pretty Woman. I can feel my inner Julia Roberts being channeled from watching that movie on repeat as a kid. I sometimes wonder what my mom thought about my watching the Cinderella story of a prostitute who nabs the rich businessman as my favorite movie. That's a thought for another day. Ryan looks at me half-buzzed and half-dreamy-eyed. I turn away embarrassed and start mouthing the words to the song to try and break the tension that's building between us. I try to make him laugh but the more miming I do, the less he seems to notice. I finally have no choice but to stop and look at him with real adult seriousness. My fear of intimacy spikes up even further, and I wonder what in fact I'm doing with Ryan, and this weekend, and this dance. Ryan opens his mouth and starts talking when I feel my phone buzz stuffed deep inside my bra. I grab it and look down at the text from Ezra, who writes, Our song is getting cut! My eyes widen and I let out a loud, oh my God, and drop my phone. Are you okay? He asks, trying to help me retrieve my phone. I show him the screen. Oh my God, Ryan, this is it. This is what I've been waiting for. My song is getting cut. I say deliriously. By who? He asks happily. I don't know. Let me text Ezra back and find out. I furiously text him back. He writes back the singer Shayla, who he's been out on the road with. He also says that she'll be recording it soon in Nashville. Well, who's producing? Who's the publisher? Who's the engineer? He rattles off to me. I can't stop laughing, and I can't take any more questions. Nothing else matters. I just want to feel this moment. Ryan! I take his shoulders in my hands. Do you know what this means? This means I'm an actual songwriter now. This means my life is about to change. This is everything I've been hoping for and it's starting to happen. But you need to sign a contract. He starts in with more questions. I cut him off just as quickly. No more questions. There will be time for that. But for now, can we just live in this moment? He stops and gives me a big hug. Congratulations. You deserve this. He lets go and looks at me. But more questions later. I want to make sure you're taken care of. Ezra's done this a million times. I'm going to be just fine. Let's just dance. I pull his arms up and start jumping to the upbeat pop song that's playing. Jennifer drags her husband, who looks tired from the night, up to us and starts jumping. Jennifer yells at me, Isn't this the best night ever? I yell back at her, It's the best night ever!